They say that when we are tired, ideas long thought conquered resurface in our minds. Doubts from long ago, memories we wish discarded, fears from trials past. What then resurfaces when the land itself grows tired? When the earth moves and shudders, what long conquered things do we uncover in our collective past? Welcome everybody to Tales from the Velt. I'm your host, Nick, today. Uh, Kat is still on host vacation. Say hi, Kat. Woo! Party. Oh, wait, you said to say hi. Hello, party. Hello, Kat. <laughs> hi, Nick. That is Kirsten, who is also stepping in, even though she is not Kat. Yeah, thanks, Kat. It's, it's what I do. I, I'm like that audio kitty, you know? I get underfoot, but audio-wise. <laughs> I, 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 will, uh, I will buy that. And, yeah. uh, and last, we have being very nice on the audio side of things, we have Kathleen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> At least one of us is trying. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen is not being the audio kitty. I guess not. Yeah. Not today, at least. <laughs> so previously on Velt Stories, our group, Hazel, Lane, and Rick, were given instructions that the place where their large metal friend Gary originally was found is a place known as Ruins 1152, and that Gary's key fob that you could command him with was broken, but that you most likely could find either replacements or something to repair the key fob in the ruins. Uh, Gary, of course, is still locked in a rather slow and boring mortal combat with Vohm the dragon. Mm. They're still out there. You know, Vohm is chewing on Gary's head and Gary's holding on to Vohm like a big wavy tube man. And we're going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. You gotta find it. An adventure team is going on an adventure. You all ended with a nice dinner from the Vorslovs. They put you up in the guest room. And so it is the morning of the next day. From what you've been told, it's actually not that far out to ruin site 1152. It's maybe a two or three hours. So if you head out there, you can definitely spend a lot of time there and uh, make it back before sundown. If you don't want to deal with all the spooky scaries out on the belt at night. Lane is decidedly uninterested in dealing with any spooky scaries on any belt. I mean, Hazel's fine with it. <laughs> Hazel will show the ghosts the power of uh, whatever it is she does. Hazel is absolutely full of ghost punching juice. <laughs> <laughs> I think the professor is feeling a bit sleepy. Just uh, going to reach for that coffee pot and start up some coffee. So it sounds like the professor then needs to put the old, uh, the old grain alcohol in the engine for that extra boost of power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Morning. Morning. I- I'm making a, uh, some coffee if anyone wants. Yeah, I love coffee. So we're going to ruins one, one, eight. Five, two, yeah. Seven. Pretty sure it was two. Eight, two. 
Yes, one 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 eighty seven fifty two. No. One. Oh yes, yes, yes. Huh? Here we go. Here we go. I don't remember the number, but it's 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 in the map. The site name, I suppose, is not super important, but it is site eleven fifty two. Oh, Cat knows that. Hazel doesn't. <laughs> Sasha marks it on the map for you. Again, pretty easy walk out there. Marilyn is not going to be joining you. She uh, wants to stay behind and watch Gary and Vohm. She's just kind of like, one, I've been out there and done this before. Not a fan. Two, they did ask for our help, and it would be really weird if we all just left. So I'm going to stay here and make sure nothing else happens. Okay. And uh, and Marilyn, the professor kind of like does a motion between her head and his head and drop me a line if anything, you know. Oh, Yes, certainly. I, I will. I will let you know. <laughs> All right. Thank you. If you do decide to join us, please don't sneak up on us this time. Please. No, I'll be right here. Sneak up. Sneak up. The professor's already forgotten about that. <laughs> I wish I could sneak up on people. Hmm. Anyways, Piotr's out there uh, over the ridge. He'll get you on the right trail, so whenever you're ready, he'll show you where the uh, road leads. I am going to go back for another helping of bacon and eggs. Ooh. Okie doke. She waves goodbye to everybody as she heads back to uh, fill up on delicious farm food. Well, daylight's burning. Come on. All right, adventure time. You head up past Gary and Vohm. Vohm kind of watches you as you pass by. Hazel waves. You think Gary also watches you, but again, it's hard to tell, seeing as his eyes are big, like, glass goggles, basically. Hazel blows them a kiss. <laughs> Both of them. I think Lane gets in on this. I think, like, Lane sees this happening and is like, okay, yeah, no, someone needs to commit to this with Hazel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Both of you don't notice any sort of, like, physical reaction, but you can tell that they appreciate the gesture. Aww. <laughs> but a little ways beyond them, Piotr is sitting on a horse and just waiting for everybody to show up. And well, when you all get there, he just kind of says, well, thanks again for doing this for us. Um, we've had a couple of run-ins with stuff from out there, uh, but usually on other times of the year, so we don't think anything too bad is out there. But there have been some tremors a few months ago, so we don't know if things have changed or not. The Velt obviously will do what it wants to do. But there have been earthquakes in the past couple of months, so do be careful out there. Gotcha. Earthquakes. Did I bring a book on earthquakes? I didn't bring a book on earthquakes. I'm not prepared Why would for you... earthquakes. Let's go! Piotr, thank you very much for uh, having us overnight. It was a lovely uh, visit. Uh, thank you for, yes, thank you. And thank you for reminding me of my manners. Hazel's already like halfway down the road. <laughs> if there's another one of these, we'll we'll find it. Don't mention it. Oh, if you do come back a little late, we will leave the tall lantern on for you, so it should be easy to find us. And he points to a, a rather tall lantern next to a tree on the ridge. 
something that would be fairly easy to spot if it was on and it was, for instance, dark out. Thanks. Thank you. Come on! Oh, oh yes, we, sh- we should make haste. Our, uh, one of our compatriots is already yonder. Come on! A success on daring athletics. Can Lane catch up with Hazel? Oh yeah, Hazel's not too far out there. I think that Lane might have a little bit of a competitive edge stirred into it, like catches up with Hazel and then just keeps moving at running speed. No fair! No fair! No fair! <laughs> so I will say, though, so this is some uh, some gameplay for everybody. There will be a lot to explore in the ruins. And if you would like to obviously explore a bunch before it gets dark out, um, Depending on how soon you get over there, obviously, you'll have more time. So if anybody wants to give me some any rolls to book it across the veldt over to where the ruins are, give me some rolls and we'll see what we can come up with. We are, we are assuming if, if you don't do anything, it takes you about three hours to get there. So you'll get there around, we'll say, 11 in the morning. Okay. So I would like to roll Daring Athletics. And I would like to use Hazel's key of energy. She can just go. She's just going to just grueling pace it? Yeah. She has a ton of energy at all times. That's Hazel. All right. Give me a roll then. Um, Three successes. Ooh, that's a big one. I was going to say, you know, one success. But because you got three, you also managed to keep everybody else up with you. So I'm going to say, you know what? That'll shave a whole hour off. Nice. Dang. So you'll get there around 10. You know, that's a, a big deal for a big success. Oh, oh Hazel, you're, you're kind of pulling me too... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Professor's like stumbling along, I'm assuming kind of almost holding on to Hazel's backpack or whatever. To... No, Professor, like, the only reason I get to keep up is I've got the longer legs. It's It's a little... More than the professor is normally used to, but uh, Hazel has enough energy for everybody and probably at some point, like, even just picks up the professor (laughs) and, you know, piggyback carries him, like, if the professor's really having troubles. Come on! But in that case, then, you do show up to essentially where the map would tell you to go, and certainly enough, there are a couple of what appears to be old buildings, mostly, like, they're almost raised to, like, the foundation at this point, but you can make out the ghostly outline of a couple of buildings, and a rather large, I guess, not really crevice, but it looks to be some sort of access shaft that is open. Well, that's the obvious one, right? Mm-hmm. What are the um, spell pieces here? So the spell pieces here are quiet, ancient, damp, and mysterious. Can I ask you something? Yes. Did you make these up now? I made two of them up now. <laughs> I mean, that's better than I usually do. <laughs> I usually don't have any... Uh, we know. <laughs> That's how Fry's got on the list. <laughs> hey, it worked. It's one of the best spells ever. It worked. It worked. 
I will say you feel like there may be more, but that will require a focus roll once you actually get inside. Actually, I think that to bring out more, the professor's going to cast a spell, Illuminating Mysterious. All right. What would you like Illuminating Mysterious to do? So a light glows from underneath his notebook on one of the pages. And almost like, you know, that like secret spy ink that you could do when you were a kid with the lemon juice and stuff. The words appear on the page. Ooh. And like that would tell him the extra words. Okay. So I will say for one scatter, you'll get the extra words, but for two scatter, you'll get something else. Ah, Professor's going to two scatter. All right. Something else. Something else. More than just the words on the page of the book, you can feel little golden threads leading down into, oh, what do we call that? The access shaft. That's right. Got to remember English here. Mm-hmm. Do it. But yes, you can feel like little golden threads pulling you into the access shaft. And the secret hidden word is void. Okay. Ooh. The professor kind of like still looking at the page starts like walking towards the access shaft with the feeling of the golden threads pulling him. I will say void feels unusual. So if you do decide to use void, something may happen. Hmm. Hmm. Well, this is spookier than I thought it was going to be. Really? I thought it was going to be pretty spooky. I was thinking it was just going to be like stuff, you know? Like the spookies for night. Oh, yeah, I guess, huh? Stuff isn't that spooky when you think about it. It's stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Welp, I'm going in the hole. Bye! Professor's already kind of slowly walking into the hole. Is it dark, I assume? So down from the main access shaft, it's pretty deep, but it looks to be an old ruined staircase that has just mostly been blasted away into some sort of weird gray stone. Lane, being overprepared, does have a torch. Nice. I think Hazel gets deep enough to find out how dark it is and then doubles back to wait for the others. (laughs) (laughs) The professor's going to cast Illuminating Darkness to... Make a little light. Okay, yeah, I will say one scatter for that. So now that everybody is here in the ruins, um, so we are going to be using the new system, but the ruins have a special track, the explore track. Uh And depending on how you do on the explore track, you will find more things in the ruins. The explore track goes up pretty big, So there's plenty to explore down here, but obviously you're going to burn time exploring for things. So whatever you would like to do, uh, whatever skills, roles, spells, all that stuff will uh, increase the explore track. I will say right off the bat, because of his previous spell, uh, the professor on his first roll is going to get a plus one bonus because he is looking for mysterious things, and this place certainly is mysterious. Mm. And so, yeah, the more the more you get, the more, like, big things you will find, and eventually you will find maybe what's really going on in the ruins, or maybe you won't. I guess we'll see. Okay. Hmm. 
So the bottom of the shaft is actually in pretty good condition, all things considered. There's some grasses and other things growing down here. The little light that it does receive seems to be enough for a couple of plants and stuff to grow. Not a ton. Obviously, the corners of the room are still pretty barren because the light doesn't get there too much. But you got a pretty good straight shot right up. So, you know, plenty of rain and other stuff gets in down here. There is one entrance into the ruins in a very old, beat-up door frame. Uh, it looks pretty sturdy, so, you know, time has worn it away, but it was definitely built to last. I go in it? Whatever door there used to be is just completely gone. I guess it's more of a more of a portal these days. Hmm. A threshold. Yes. Actually, no, Lane says that. A threshold. Huh? No, nothing. I've just been trying to learn literary terms recently. Ooh. Oh. Very scholarly. And Hazel gives a big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately inside the ruins, you do definitely get the feeling that what Piotr was saying is probably true. The ground here is very uneven. Whatever was originally in these ruins may very well be completely different as the ground seems to have shifted fairly significantly very recently. Mm. You can see small cracks of light coming in from the ceiling in a variety of places. The floor, again, is fairly uneven. There's a big split down the middle of uh, the room sort of separating it into two different halves. The one where you are, and then you've got sort of a step down about halfway through the room, and there's a couple of doors leading to other parts of the ruins. So how are we going to explore? Hazel's got a real good skill combination for this, which is just her normal high adaptability plus navigation. I think Hazel's just going to get to wandering. All right. So is everybody going to wander with Hazel or are we going to split up and do more damage that way? I think the professor is going to roll understanding tracking. If that would make sense to, like, keep track of the routes they've already taken. I will allow understanding tracking, but maybe not for a reason that you want. Cool. Love that. Let's go. <laughs> okay. That doesn't sound ominous at all, so the professor's going to do that. Lane is probably going to stick close to Hazel, as they tend to do, and roll sensitivity engineering plus memory. Lane has... Some familiarity with automata, not very much, but is mostly like looking at the thing in their hands and like seeing how it uh, fits in here. All right. Um, so in that case, then give me rolls, everybody. Is Rick going to go off on his own? Are we all sticking together? Because I was thinking we'd all stick together would be probably the best, but... I can't think that's a good idea, but Hazel's just going, so. <laughs> <laughs> Professor's going to be keeping track of the route they're taking and following Hazel. Okie dokie. So I guess if everybody's sticking together, then no changes. Just give me rolls. Mm-hmm. Two for me. Success and an edge. One success for the professor. So that would be five with the edge. So each of the major explorer tracks are eight. If you keep the edge... You will find two things. No, that's just it. You will find two things. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Well, maybe one of the things will find you. <laughs> that's kind of what I, I was like when you're like, you'll find two things. It's like, eh, we're not going to like 
something finding us, are we? <laughs> Lane is cautious. They're not going to take the edge success. In that case, then, the one thing that you do find wandering around the um, kind of samey ruins, you get the feeling that whatever this place was was definitely not designed to be lived in. The corridors are uninviting. They feel cold. It smells very musty down here. Like, water is getting in through somewhere. Small puddles dot the floor in, in a variety of positions. But you do come across what you think is some sort of checkpoint or depository. It looks like some sort of office. Ooh. Hmm. The professor is going to roll just understanding, but then add in from his key research. That sounds good to me. So give me an understanding research. Come on, professor. Don't fail me now. Now? <laughs> uh, one success. One success. Okay. You learn a couple of things about the office. One, the air here feels a lot older. You get the feeling that these parts of the ruins are relatively new, quote unquote. I should say newly exposed. You definitely get the feeling that if the archaeological teams at the university had come into the ruins, they would have found this place had it been out like you found it. This place was definitely unearthed by seismic activity. Oh. Are there, like, protocols? Can we just go in? Oh, yeah, maybe there's ghosts. Oh, no, I was more thinking, like, something, something, I don't know. Lane sort of, like, looks at the professor, like, hoping that he has answers. Here. Let me see. Let me see. And the professor's going to, again, because apparently he wants to get rid of all his scatter today, going to cast a spell. Quiet lurking to expose things that are lurking in the shadows. All right. I will say for each scatter... Up to three, you'll expose one thing. Let's do two. Two scatter. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You said up to three. Up to three. You can go up to three if you would like. I'm going to go to three because maybe there are three things. That's meta things, Kirsten. <sighs> well, well, it was offered. And if you want it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Professor's going to go three. All right, the professor gets the feeling that, one, there is uh, something important in a drawer. Two, out of the corner of his eye, he spots what appears to be a logbook. And three, something is watching you. I don't like that. The professor kind of says, everyone, everyone, come in close. Yeah. Huh? Huh? We're, we're not alone. Huddle, 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 yeah. huddle, huddle. He's like doing like super shifty eye, look around like, whoa. Yeah. Hazel grabs Lane and the professor by the shoulders and <laughs> enforces a, a huddle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Yes. Huddle. Yes. We must, we must remain in a prepared position. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the professor gets a brief like flicker of vision and looks down the hallway and sees 
something that kind of looks like a person staring at you. It's a lot taller than most people normally are. It goes all the way up almost to the top of the ceiling and appears to be made out of the same sort of weird metal that Gary is made out of. It's just kind of lurking in the shadows, though. You catch a quick glint off of a piece of glass on it. But it's just kind of watching you. I think maybe let's go into the office. If we don't, maybe it's like a bear. If we don't come after it, it won't bother us. Robots are like bears, right? Yeah. Yeah. The professor's slowly, like, keeping his eye on it, backing into the office. Lane is sort of biting their lip and rolls two successes on daring focus to... I don't know. I guess automata don't have any metaphysical presence, so that doesn't work. Well, it kind of does. You get the feeling, reaching over to it, that you're not sensing anything that you might get from, like, say, Gary. Mm -hmm. You get the feeling, though, that whatever this thing is, is being controlled. Oh. And you get this distinct feeling like you can almost see oily tendrils seeping out from cracks within the body. Hmm. It feels like a horror. Uh. The professor is going to keep his eye on the door and slowly go to that drawer that you said something important was in. But not really, like, kind of keeping an eye on the door and, like, reaches into the drawer. Lane gets two edge successes on subtlety focus to uh, try to not alarm the other two. Um, If you two want to contest that. Uh, I mean, Hazel's not very easy to alarm. I guess more it's Lane is trying to not communicate that they are alarmed. Oh. Mm. Oh. I think it'd be an easy roll because the professor's more focused on the drawer. I will say with the edge successes, yeah, like everybody will think it's fine, but whatever's watching you might not. This is a good way to advance the plot. I'm for that. In that case, then, it is time to let everybody know about the second tracker that's going on, the stalker. Oh, thanks, Nick. I don't like the sound of that. You've met the stalker. Mm-hmm. The stalker has an aggression track. Depending on how aggressive it is currently being, well, it will be more aggressive. I will say that raises the stalker's aggression rate by one. Okay. Does it change its behavior at all? It does not change its behavior at all. However, you can now do other things rather than explore. You can, as if the stalker was an enemy, you can attempt to drive it off or to outlast it. If you attempt to drive it off, you can basically scare it away. And if you attempt to outlast it, basically get away from it, it will become less aggressive because it will spend more time looking for you. I think the professor is going to, again... I guess because he wants to get rid of most of his scatter, it seems like. Going to cast Quiet Me, but like it's an area effect, so like. Quiet Us. <laughs> when people are around the professor, it kind of keeps a quiet area. Actually, can I do this instead? Sure. Because I can cast Quiet Crew. <gasps> there we go. Ah. That's better, yeah. Yeah. All right, and so 
Do you want to use Quiet Crew then as an outlast? Yes, I think I'm going to cast Quiet Crew in order to advance the outlast, yes. So the outlast, because the outlast is directly connected to the stalker, every three of the outlast track will reduce the stalker's aggression by one. Okay. How much scatter are you asking for? For right now, because its aggression is so low, one scatter will get you two points of outlast. Okay, I think I'm going to spend three and get six. Is that allowed? Uh, yes, you can spend three and get six. Okay. That will completely reset the stalker back to its base aggression. Okay. The weird thing about Quiet Crew is that Hazel's magic is ordinarily extremely bombastic and noisy, (laughs) unsurprisingly. Mm -hmm. So, like... There's little flashes of light and they send off little sparks kind of underneath everybody's feet, but it's weird quiet. Like you can tell this is supposed to be making like a fanfare, but (laughs) there's nothing. There's just these tiny little subdued, restrained fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we all have those light up sneakers. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And then the sparks die down. And as everyone finishes watching the sparks, you look back and the stalker isn't there anymore. Well, I don't like that. Mm. Mm. The professor turns to the drawer and... What's, what's in here? I feel there's something in here. So the drawer has a key ring in it with several keys on it. Ah. And now that we were quiet, we can try these. You obviously don't know quite where the keys might go, but there's about four or five of them on the key ring, and, well, there are lots of doors in this place. And the logbook. You said there's a logbook? He's also going to throw that in his bag. Yes. There is also the logbook. What does it say? The logbook mostly talks about things moving in or out. If this were a ship, this would be kind of like the quartermaster's log. Lots of large materials, work orders, that sort of thing. The most unusual thing it mentions is units of something called star metal. Star metal. Which which are being asked for in very, very small amounts. Star metal. The professor is going to roll an understanding, I guess just understanding, to see if, um, if he's come across anything about that before. Lane's also going to participate. All right. Hazel's on lookout. Do you know what this... I, I'm trying to... Try to remember. Hmm. Do you know what this might... Oh, uh, so Some kind of ore? Two edge successes. Two edge successes. And uh, one real success. Hell yeah. So, I will say that two is enough. Uh... The one from Lane will counteract one of the edges, but if you do take the edge successes, that you are going to draw attention of the stalker. Ah. So it is its aggression is going to go up. Cat did reset it back to its basic, essentially like aggression zero. I think the the professor is in his zone of like, ooh, I need to know what this is. And so he starts like fumbling through his bag for like his books, because he always brings his books, and he's like, I know. Oh, where have I made notes of this? And so, yeah, he's not... I know that there's the quiet spell, but he's, like, not necessarily being the most relaxed. So the star metal 
You don't know exactly what it refers to, but certainly like meteor samples and meteorite samples, there have been some like at the university. They're almost always like very small things, but even in the small amount that it is asking for, wherever they are getting this star metal, they have a lot of it. They have a lot of it. Where would they find this much? Huh. Apparently, like, back before the cataclysm, there used to be a lot of trading in that stage port. Rhymehold. Capital, probably. I never had a head for, like, people talking about ancient metallurgy. They were all making it up most of the time. I mean, there's no definitive belief, you know, since there's not much evidence left. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Maybe trading or or something like that would make sense. What would they use it for? I mean, metallurgy, right? Like, you put different amounts of metals in different things and, I don't know, it does stuff different. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I like working with iron. It's a lot simpler than steel is. Yeah, the logbook is sending this stuff everywhere. With the rule they got about the star metal, is there any particular properties that are like the highlight of like what makes it? Judging by the amount of places it's going, you're assuming that it's some sort of miracle material. Ah. You know, they're asking for it in processing. They're asking for it in smithing. They're asking for it in wherever they can get it. The big thing, though, is they're asking for it in essentially research and development. Mm. Well. Hey, Hazel, you're always telling me not to bury stuff, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, why? I'm getting that feeling like we should not be here. I don't know. Oh. Well, then. Let's explore quick. Mm. Righto. Sooner we get this, um, whatever it is we're looking for, I've forgotten already, the sooner we can get out. All right. If you would like to make some more explore rolls, then we can keep going. I think that Lane would like to use quiet advancing with three from the pool to advance explore. Okay. Um... So I will say that uh, this is going to be two to one, so two scatter, one success, and then whatever skill you would like. Or I guess whatever skill would make sense for that, the way that Lane is going to be exploring. Um, Looking at the skills, it's probably going to be daring tactics. All right, going to try and like stay outside of wherever the stalker is. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Oh, that's three successes. Ooh, three plus the pool then, and how much scatter would you like to use? It's eight to advance one. Uh, so the, yes, the explore track is eight to go up to the next one. I'll mark four scatter then. All right. Can the professor rule understanding survival to advance this ex- explore track as well? Uh, yes, the professor, I will say that the understanding survival will also work. Sweet. We need eight successes to advance the track. Do you want to advance the track or do you just want to add to the pool? Uh, add to the pool. And also the professor will use Key of Secrets because he's hunting out. 
that's a pretty useful key to have right now. So yeah, give me a roll to add to the pool. <laughs> All twos and threes. Oh no. Yes. <sighs> the professor's not feeling it right now. This should be easy. I should be able to I should be able to keep track of how to do stuff in ruins. I've done archaeology hey. stuff before. Hey. Actually, this meshes really well with what I would like to roll, mm -hmm. which is adaptability humanity. That's one success. But Hazel is going to give a pep talk. <laughs> so rolling adaptability humanity to help Layden the professor feel as amped about wandering around down here as she does. <laughs> Go ahead, Hazel. Okay. I know that there's something creepy watching us, but first of all, it's backed off. We're going to be fine. Mm. Okay? Okay. We've all got our eyes wide open. None of us are dummies. We can do this. Not a single one of us is dummies. You're right. As long as we stick together and we have all these resources with us as well, and we're yeah, we're 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 prepared and we're we're smart and mm -hmm. it, yeah. like nobody's as prepared and smart as you are. <sighs> Thank you. You know exactly what to say to me. <sighs> Besides. There's six eyes looking out. Mm. True enough. No need enough. to worry, Lane. And it's, you know, it happens to the best of us getting turned around in a a place like this. I mean, it, there was just some kind of like seismic shift to it. So of course it's going to be trickier to navigate. Huh? It's all, it's all good. We're, we'll, we'll do, we'll, we got this. We got this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And besides, um... I forgot what I was going to say, but I think I see something over there. Bye! Come on! Right with you. Oh, yes. What's over there? The professor's now, like, excited to be like, you know what? This is fun. It's about exploring. <laughs> and, like, as best he can, follows after Hazel. And between Hazel's pep talk and Lane's rooting out, you do indeed find what looks to be a rather important-looking room. The old faded writing on it just says experimental unit storage. The doorframe is very, very large, like large enough for Gary to get through. Mm. Is that to imply that Gary walked through it at some point? You do notice that the door, as it were, looks to be pretty much no longer on the hinges. There is a small crack enough for people to get through, but the actual large door itself is probably totally busted. You also notice a rather large, looks like pair of skid tracks that lead out from under the door further off down into the complex. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff in this room? So this room, when it says unit storage, there are seven very large cylindrical containers in this room. Um, each of them is numbered, you know, zero through eight, but seven is missing. Okay. Mm. So is seven the... So there's nine in total? Well, no, I, I suppose I got that wrong. There are unit storages zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Oh, and then seven. I okay. I see. I see. 
the room is also full of a variety of ancient-looking tools and gizmos and all sorts of stuff. Lane, you recognize the fact that a lot of these tools are quite nice and could possibly be useful for you, so if you want to check them out, they are there for you. Lane is going to check them out. Would you like me to roll dice about that? Uh, yeah, what is Lane going to use to sift through all these weird tools? Lane is going to use Understanding Engineering, and Lane got a success and an edge. I will say with the edge success that maybe one of the tools might get a little banged up, but you will find a bit more about what they do. Yeah, why not? All right. Lane roots through some of the tools on the various workbenches and other things, and some of them are really, like, very obvious to them. You know, things like hammers, vice grips, that sort of thing. Stuff that you would see around the uh, forge all the time. Some of them look like fancier versions of those things, or that, like, they have cutting bits on them that currently aren't moving, but they probably were meant to do something like that at one point other tools that are connected to large tanks that have long since rotted away. But you do also notice there is a strange machine at one end that is next to a bunch of small pieces of metal that look very familiar. Well, the hell is this? Lane's going to go over and see if it looks like the thingy. It does look like the thingy. The small bits of metal seem to match the metal card that everybody was saying Gary was responding to. And there's a bunch of them all over the place. Oh, I wonder. So how many cards are there? There's like dozens of them. You can't tell if they're good or not, but they're just kind of scattered everywhere. Some of them have different, like, holes punched in them. They're on the floor. They're on this thing. Some of them are hanging from little hooks on the wall. There's lots of them. Are any of the ones on hooks labeled? There are some on the hooks that are labeled, you know, looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Seven. Seven isn't here. Of course. Of course seven wouldn't be here. Think. Think. Maybe. Maybe. I If I... Hmm. The professor was going to roll understanding tinkering to, like, see if he can suss out anything more about the scattered cards around, like, if he notices a pattern to glean any further information on to perhaps eliminate a couple that would definitely not be useful kind of thing or something like that. All right, yeah, uh, give me a test then. Or a roll, I should say. This isn't a test. We are not testing you. <laughs> Ah, two successes. You kind of poke at the cards for a little bit and, like, poke at the machine as well. And as you sort of fiddle with it, all of a sudden, like, the machine kind of hums and jolts to life for a second and then promptly eats one of the cards. Oh. Yeah, Lane didn't like that even a little bit. I don't think that's what's supposed to happen. Did, did you both see that? Huh? So one of the cards is now stuck in the machine. Uh, I, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Is there anything that looks like it'll like 
make the machine spit it back out. It's like a paper jam in a printer. You're just going to have to, like, remove it yourself. Mm. So the professor's like, do, do, do. It's fine. I can. I can you can get it out. I can get it out. I can get it out. I can get it out. While this is going on, Hazel is hanging out near the doorway. She's going to roll sensitivity survival to, um, I don't think she's looking to advance outlast, but she is looking to build pool so that she can. Okay. Then give me a pool roll. Hazel is on lookout. Oh, that's three successes. Nice. Very nice. Good job, Hazel. Very good job, Hazel. And also because Hazel is on lookout, you notice that the stalker is back. It is far closer to you than it was previously. You can get a better, a much better look at it now. It is maybe seven feet tall, humanoid, but it moves like a marionette. It moves like it's being yanked around and its head kind of tilts back and forth while it looks at you. Mm. Yeah, Hazel's just going to make sure she's aware of the stalker's position. She's not going to tell the others yet. <laughs> They're busy. And it would make them anxious. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, I will say, because you got those three good successes, Hazel notices that the stalker suddenly stops before it enters a beam of light and just kind of moves back a second and gently, question mark, moves around the light shaft. Hmm. 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 No, but I was. Just use the tongs, Professor. Just use the. But if I just. If I. I can just. And the professor's like got one foot, like. You know, like when someone like gets a foot up on something to get extra leverage. Yeah, 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 yeah. If if I could just. uh, But then eventually acquiesces and uh, realizes Ling has a, a better idea. All right, uh, Lane or the professor, give me a roll to dislodge this thing. Two successes on daring engineering. All right, I will say that that is enough. Seeing as you found all of the, like, clamps and other grabby things, you affix one of them to the card in the machine and give it a good yank and rip it out of the machine. The machine kind of shudders for a bit and some stuff off the shelves, like, falls around near it. Okay. Oh. oh, wait. What did... Well, there we go. Including what appears to be a small logbook. Uh, uh... Oh. What did we even want this thing? Lane doesn't even know what they wanted this thing for and is now kind of just holding the little metal punch card. I assume while Rick goes to the logbook. Yeah, the, the little metal punch card, despite getting kind of stuck in the machine, does look like whatever the machine was doing was successful. Like, it's not chewed up or anything like that. Just whatever was in the machine got jammed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ah, I see. And the professor, like, reaches down for the logbook. What does the logbook say? So the logbook is a science journal by... The name on the journal is Elizabeth Harold, And flipping through it, a lot of it is pretty boring stuff. But you come to a useful segment 
that talks about the eight experimental humanoid combat units. They were created with very special brains and skin and bodies infused with the star metal that gave them vastly more sophistication than the standard automata. They were smarter, they were stronger, they were faster, and they were controlled by little key fobs. However, at one point, seven of the eight units stopped responding to their command keys and had to be shut down and put back into storage. They went rogue? The professor says out loud. Only Unit 7 followed key fob commands. Oh. That must be the... Gary. Here, here, here. Look, look at this. Huh? The professor kind of... Has... Yeah, thanks. Um... Seven would be Gary? I... I, I guess. Why are we even in here? Okay, okay. Uh, do we, do we have what we, I, I think, I think so. And the, and the professor shoves as many other plates in his bag as well, just in case. What Hazel? What? Mm? What's it looking like out there? Oh, uh, it's back. Okay, okay. Uh, don't worry. I've got a plan. All right, all right, all right. Thanks. And. We will say real quick, what is Hazel's plan? Because as Hazel turns back, the stalker looks ready to pounce. Oh, if the stalker looks ready to pounce, then Hazel is going to let out a, whoops, it's happening, and then and then roll daring athletics to dive into the sunbeam. All right, give me a daring athletics. You need one success. That's what Hazel do best. Hazel's extremely daring and very athletic. Well, that is exactly one successy. It lunges at you and tries to reach out with its quite long arms, but you step into the sun, and as soon as its fingers touch the sun, it immediately jerks them back and backs away from you. But it's there, it's waiting, and it wants to know, is it memory time? The answer is yes. <laughs> nice. My favorite memory is Lane joining in. <laughs> Vom Vom appreciated that, and so did Gary. <laughs> oh, they are a great dynamic duo. I do like them. I think I like just the whole atmosphere of the ruins. Very creepy in a way I really like. I'm getting sort of like a, if Silent Hill took place in archaeological ruins as opposed to like a ghost town, that kind of vibe. Yeah, like there's a little bit of a hint of what it was. I guess I'm thinking instead of Silent Hill Resident Evil with like the big old monsters that follow you around. Mm -hmm. I like the creepy vibe. You know, we haven't done like a dungeon dungeon before. We're doing a dungeon. And there is only one monster. Only the stalker is down here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't like light. 
No. I enjoyed this. I mm. guess I don't really have anything new to add. I'm liking the character dynamics that have emerged. I think that Lane has fun ways to play with the professor and fun ways to play with Hazel, and I like the stalker. For those of you out there listening, tell us your memories. Do you like creepy monsters? Do you like blowing kisses to dragons? Let us know. You can let us know either at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter, or you can fill out the email form at swordofsymphonies.com. Both of those will get right to us, and we will, uh, we will look forward to hearing about your spooky dragon kissing. <laughs> <laughs> also, check out our friends. You know where our friends live, right? That's where they live. No, I was I was just gonna let you flounder on this one, but our friends live at the Be Gay Roll Dice Network, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, you. Kirsten. Thank you, I'm Kirsten. great at outros. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for picking that up. I forgot. Bye. <laughs> and now the final bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye, There we go. See you next time, listener. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Come check out Dice to Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where we ask the hard questions like Is it morally acceptable to kiss a goblin? Are seven creatures ethically sourced? What's the real estate value on a haunted castle? Dice Will Roll is a show where four friends team up every week to play Pathfinder 2nd Edition and be hopelessly gay the whole way through. Join Dave, KK, Ritz, and me, Derry, your mythic genderfluid GM, as we play through the Kingmaker adventure path and follow a gay human bard, a lesbian half-elf druid, and a transmask half-orc fighter on their journey to build and rule their own nation in the untamed wilderness of the Stonelands, and defend it from bandits, monsters, and wicked fae in an Arturian adventure like no other. From getting four nat ones in a row, and to standing up to the darkest forces in the multiverse, Dysel Roll is here to help you keep it rolling. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.